Welcome to our podcast, Public Health Uncoded, with Dr. Saroj Pachauri, brought to you by Center for Human Progress in partnership with the POP Movement, where POP stands for Protect Our Planet. Dr. Saroj Pachauri, a public health expert, provides commentary on some of the major public health issues of the current times and the various determinants of public health at play with high-risk and vulnerable group. Every month, Dr. Saroj Pachauri, a doctor of medicine and a distinguished public health scholar with over 60 years of experience, will unpack key public health concerns and opportunities in the current global arena with evidence and insight. Hello and welcome back. It is Drisha Pathak, your host. Today's topic will interest all mothers. Why? If you ask any mother about her primary concern regarding her child, the majority would express worry over their child not consuming healthy food. On the other hand, health professionals raise concerns about childhood obesity or undernutrition when posed with the same question. Despite the availability of numerous options that focus on specific nutrients or minerals such as malt drink mixers for milk or water and nutrients rich packed food items, being aware of these choices demands behavioral and lifestyle changes which can be challenging. Hence, we will dwell into critical issues of childhood obesity, focusing on unhealthy overnutrition and lifestyle factors that contribute to this growing concern. Childhood obesity has become a pressing public health problem with numerous children worldwide facing an increased risk of various health issues due to excess weight gain. Childhood obesity has emerged as a significant issue particularly in low- and middle-income countries. According to a recent report from the World Obesity Atlas in 2022, it is projected that there will be a staggering 1 billion people worldwide living with obesity by 2030. The highest number of individuals with obesity are found in low- and middle-income countries, with the figures more than doubling across all low-middle-income countries and tripling in low-income countries when compared to the statistics from 2010. To reflect on this issue, today we have with us Ms. Seema Chandra, who has a remarkable career spanning the media and wellness sectors. Her diverse roles include serving as the creative director at Editor G, an AI-based news and information app, delivering daily content on lifestyle, global health, nutrition, environment, and technology. Additionally, she held the position of managing director at the Smart Cookie, an e-commerce venture focusing on health, food, and wellness products. Prior to these, she played a crucial role as a food editor in conceptualizing India's pioneering nutrition and health food show, Good Food, aired on NDTV 24-7. Notably, she also contributed significantly to the launch of NDTV Good Times, India's first ever lifestyle channel. With her extensive expertise in media, nutrition, health and wellness, Ms. Seema Chandra has made significant contributions to the industry, making a positive impact on global public health. So let's invite Dr. Pachauri to lead the discussion. A good, hello, Seema. Welcome. Welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining. It's a real pleasure to have you with us. And it's a privilege because you've had a long experience in the area of nutrition and communications 
working on television on both these issues. So I'm sure that our audience will learn a lot from your experience. On the subject that we're talking of today, which is childhood obesity, a very serious problem and a growing problem, and one that is that deserves much more attention than it has had in the recent past. Now, uh, what we find is that uh, a few years ago, you know, when we spoke of malnutrition uh, in developing countries, it meant undernutrition, and a right. number of number of strategies were implemented by governments to combat the problem of undernutrition. Now, however, in developing countries, we are bearing the double burden of undernutrition and overnutrition, that is obesity. So while undernutrition has received attention, rising obesity levels have gone largely unnoticed. I'd like to ask you, what are the main causes of childhood obesity in recent years in developing countries? And is childhood obesity an urban problem or is it prevalent in rural areas as well? Is it seen more in the lower economic strata as is seen in the developed mm -hmm. world? Is the same picture in developing countries or is it different? And among children in developing countries, is body fat and abdominal adiposity a contributing factor? Are there genetic issues here? Can you comment on this, please, Simon? Right. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Dr. Pachori. The pleasure is entirely mine. And uh, it's a very, very interesting topic that you've chosen because, as you rightly said, the latest figures when it comes to childhood obesity, whether it's globally or in India or other lower middle income countries, the figures are very alarming. Just to give you a, a little bit of uh, an idea, globally, the number of school going children and adolescents with obesity has increased tenfold from 1995 to 2015. And if you look at India, there's been a very comprehensive survey that's been done by the National Family Health Survey 2019-2021. And this survey says that by 2030, one in 10 obese children globally will be in India. Now that's a that's a hugely alarming figure. And what it amounts to in numbers is that more than 27 million children will be obese in India by 2030. So you're right. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of implementation and interventions when it's come to undernutrition. But obesity somehow is just, you know, gone amiss. And we've not seen uh, what needs to be done. And yes, we are now at a stage where given the double burden of undernutrition and overnutrition, India has to take steps at a war footing. I think that is what you rightly said. Now, what are the causes? That was your first question. And you also said, where do you see obesity largely in India? So, uh, Dr. Pachauri, it's important for us to understand that initially obesity was always seen in lower middle income countries as a uh, problem of the rich. Now, this has changed over time you do find that it's the lower middle income households, even within LMICs that are facing the problem of obesity. Rural versus urban, again, it's changing over time. There has been a clear, clear rise in rural obesity in India, which of course is closely associated with the urbanization of its rural spaces. So that urban-rural overweight differential over the years is shrinking. That's important to keep in mind. And in many, many lower middle income countries, obesity has grown fastest amongst the lowest socioeconomic groups. 
Of course, one of the reasons there is that it is far more expensive and you need to have a lot more out-of-pocket expenditure for good quality food, whereas junk food is far cheaper, like it is in the Western world, and it's no different in India. That's where rural and urban and lower and upper middle class differences are there. The other thing I'd like to mention is boys versus girls, the gender differences. In India, obesity is prevalent more amongst boys than young girls. And one of the reasons could be that socially in India, boys are treated differently. Uh, they are the ones where the mothers will feed them the first. They are the ones who do not have to, uh, you know, to undertake household chores. And so we see this gender difference. Now coming to the causes of what really causes obesity in children in India. There are, as I mentioned, structural transformations that are taking place when it comes to living conditions, especially in our rural areas. There is a decline in the share of agriculture. There is certainly a movement of labor away from physically strenuous tasks. Alongside the lower physical activity, what you also have is greater westernization and urbanization when it comes to dietary habit, which means that fatty foods and sugary products have increased at the expense of staple food items. So that's another reason. And the thirdly, rising non-farm wages have also increased the opportunity cost of time spent cooking at home. And therefore, this has led to higher consumption of convenience-based food items, which are obviously processed and packaged and rich in fats and sugars. So this is an overview if you were to look at urbanization, which has taken place. Now, urbanization is one sort of uh, very, very important cause. The other causes, of course, are genetic. And very rightly, you mentioned are Indian children more susceptible because of their genetic makeup? Again, it's an unmodifiable factor, but it's true. Studies have been done, a lot of research has been done, where children who've been exposed to maternal obesity in utero are more susceptible to obesity in later life. So children of obese mothers are generally born larger for their gestational age. So that is a huge factor, as you correctly mentioned. That is one of the reasons. And then, of course, then there are other important reasons like dietary factors, access to good food, behavioral changes, lack of physical activity, TV watching, which is very, very largely leading to overweight children, especially in urban areas, and other socio-cultural and socio-psychological factors. Thank you. This is very helpful. Well, as you said, it's a multifactorial problem and therefore requires a multifaceted intervention program. Now, what, what are the, some of the best global uh, practices to combat obesity and what can developing countries learn from these? Can you give us a few examples, Seema? Right. That's a very, very excellent question, uh, Dr. Pachori, because I think uh, we are a little late uh, when it comes to uh, combating childhood obesity. And we can learn a lot from what the world has done. My particular focus of research has been on low middle income countries, because I think that there's a lot of similarities in terms of the challenges that we face. So, for example, uh, if you were to look at a country like Sri Lanka, uh, they have had a very, very successful 
food based dietary guidelines 2011 that they launched it was a multi sectoral activity to improve eating habits and school children government employees everybody was included and the only i would say i would like to add the the negative in their program was that there was no national policy for physical activity alongside having said that they were very successful in overhauling menus in educational institutions that included the increased consumption of fruits and vegetables and there was a compulsory exercise program that they tried to bring in and the messaging was was a very very important role and it showed that it was an on ground success story another country that has done exceedingly well has been chile uh, they had uh, dr pachauri a three pronged approach they came up with a law of food labeling and advertising in 2016 many papers have been written about their success stories and their three pronged approach essentially was first to do with front of pack labeling which is a very important uh, as you know factor when it comes to consuming and buying uh, unhealthy foods secondly they had a lot of restrictions when it came to direct marketing towards children they uh, put in lots of restrictions and regulations in place and thirdly they had regulations around selling unhealthy foods around schools in chile and what they did was their target audience was very clear the mothers so their messaging was targeted towards the mothers and what it ended up doing was there were large differences in consumption of ssbs or as we call them sugar sweetened beverages in educated and rich households more than poor ones and interestingly the industry also responded very well to the regulations in the sense that there were food reformulations that took place so chile is a great example of uh, where these kind of behavioral behavioral change uh, interventions have done very very well and i think india could do well to learn thirdly one of the other countries which is not that often talked about but have made uh, taken baby steps towards the right direction is bhutan again focusing and target children participate in gardens where they are growing vegetables much like the white house has done in america and uh, so a tiny country like bhutan is also put in behavioral change strategies in place and the dividends are there to see so i think yes that we have a lot to learn from other countries and be open minded to look at holistic healthcare plans where awareness and uh, messaging can be correct and this is very helpful and these are very interesting examples i think we really need to analyze each one of them very carefully and see what can be applicable say for example in india we certainly need some inputs and what is what is practical among these various interventions that can be used for a country like india for example Uh, so yes we have a lot to learn and we should really analyze what's going on globally and what are the best practices and thank you very much for these excellent examples that you have provided which gives us a lot of food for thought now another issue that i would like to bring up is the question of non communicable diseases right according to an indian council of medical research study that was published in the lancet recently a more than 100 million indians in india are now diabetic which is an increase of 44% in 4 years 
India seems to be the capital, diabetes capital of the world, and it it has high levels of obesity, and we know that there are links between obesity and non-communicable diseases, and we're seeing this in other countries like Mexico as well, you know, where there is high level of diabetes and a high level of obesity, and there are other countries. So what steps can we take to to contain this crisis? Right. Absolutely. Dr. Bachari, you're absolutely right. When it comes to diabetes, it's quite alarming. And I can tell you it's made banner headlines in our country in the last few weeks, ever since this Lancet study has come out. And interestingly, research shows that the prevalence of type 2 diabetes in South Asian children uh, is much more than, say, if you were to compare it to a white child in the United Kingdom, uh, to give you an example. So we are certainly Asian children, I'm counting myself, we are genetically predisposed. And the fact that obesity is now going unchecked is only compounding the problem. And therefore, as you rightly said, India is already the diabetic capital of the world. Uh, we have to treat this, uh, you know, this disease and not just when you talk about NCDs, I think we need to go beyond diabetes. For example, obesity, as you know, are, is also a cause of CVDs, cardiovascular diseases, again, which are on the rise. And again, as Indians, we're genetically predisposed. Those numbers are not looking very good either. Uh, and we know that there is a clear correlation when there is adult obesity and cardiovascular diseases. Why I think this is important is that we do know that when we look at childhood obesity, we are almost clear in saying that 50% of the children who are obese will be obese in their adult life too. So that's a very important thing to keep in mind, that if you're looking at cardiovascular disease in adult life, it's no good saying, oh, but how is it connected to children who are overweight? It is connected. Those Half of those children are likely to be overweight adults, and which is why uh, they end up with newer, you know, newer, um the non-communicable diseases like heart disease, diabetes. Another area which is not again talked about a lot is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. That's also on the rise in India. That's another cause. I mean, obesity and uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver diseases have a clear-cut correlation. There are also, uh, Dr. Pachori, very many psychosocial problems that come with obesity again, which are not documented very well. I've tried to search for a lot of research done in India where psychological issues that children face because they are obese and how they in any case have issues when it comes to their performance in school, their academic performance suffers. That has, again, a further role in how they earn when they grow up as adults. And I think... A lot needs to be done and studies and a lot more attention needs to be paid when to psychological issues that come with rise in obesity amongst children. And post the pandemic, this has increased and we need to be more thoughtful and schools need to have more counseling. On a family level, there needs to be more support. At a community level, there needs to be more coming together. Because in India, we know that the community and the family play a very important role when it comes to our behaviors and 
what behavior change can do when it comes to our eating habits. So there's a lot that needs to be done at a community and family level, I think. Yes, you spoke about working at the community and family level, which is absolutely essential. And let's talk a little bit about the prevention programs, behavior change communication programs. Uh, we know that they can bring about effective change when it comes to eating patterns and undertaking physical activities. Can you, can you elaborate on some of the behavior change communication strategies that can work at the community or school level to prevent obesity and what can be done at the family level? Right. Uh, Dr. Pachori, I'll just give you an example. There was a very interesting program that uh, India came up with called the Eat Right India Movement. And a lot has been written about. It's a very interesting program which focuses on eating right, safe and sustainable. And what they did was that regulatory measures and interventions to bring about awareness were undertaken, as well as capacity building when it comes to the food industry were undertaken. Now, what they did was it empowered citizens to make the right food choices. And when it came to the food industry, it gave them incentives to reformulate their product. What the ground reality showed in this program is that A, there was a lot of pushback from the industry. They were not willing to just change overnight. B, a very important point I want to emphasize is that India has a very large unorganized snack sector. And that snack sector goes under the radar when it comes to the formulations that are put by the FSSAI or are India's equivalent of the FDA. And the snack sector does not want to at all, you know, adhere to the guidelines that are given to them. So the on-ground reality is that you have this large snack sector that went under the radar and it became a huge challenge, therefore, to combat and actually make this Eat Right India movement. It was a social initiative, but it was not that effective. So we need a lot more data, a lot more evidence on ground, a lot more work that needs to be done. And the one area where India can, I think, really, really move uh, brilliantly is when it comes to digital interventions. Because the mobile penetration, as you know, in India is very, very deep, even in the rural areas, uh, even in far-flung areas, which, you know, you cannot access. So there is a great need for us to look at digital technology. And as a communications uh, background expert, I would say that we barely scratched the surface. A lot is being done, but we could do a lot more to reach out to people whom we can talk to in a cost-effective manner. It's not that if, uh, difficult to do in a poor country like ours, and yet it can have a massive on-ground impact. That's very interesting. Well, digital technology certainly has penetrated deep into the rural areas in many, many countries, including India, and, and can be harnessed for the, for the purposes of prevention and to go a long way. And I agree with you that we need to do much more research. Now, why do we need research? We need research so that we can have the, provide the evidence for interventions that can be carried out at various levels, including at the policy level, at the household level, at the community level, at the family level, and so on and so forth. And I would like to ask you, Seema, uh, what, I, what would you consider as the highest priorities for research in, in 
low and middle income countries? That's a very, very good question, Dr. Pachauri. I would say that what we need to do is, I think, go beyond now educating and creating awareness amongst individuals and communities, but maybe focus on amplifying and scaling up the innovative interventions that can engage with different target groups. India is very heterogeneous. One message cannot reach all. And so, again, as a communications person, I would say that the usage of a creative methods is important. The usage of scaling up everything because our population is as large as it is. So whatever we want to do, and that's why I came up with the, uh, I said that digital technology is hugely useful because you can scale up very easily. Creative methods, again, I feel, for example, it's been shown in developing countries that visual communication by something simple as exhibiting graffiti on the walls can even have a a, a tremendous impact. It's a cheap and cheerful way to create awareness. And and I think in, in India, we've, again, not scratched the surface. When it comes to even... Uh, mobile penetration, text messaging to send motivational messages, for example, to people who are obese and are, you know, are suffering from psychosomatic problems and psychological issues to do with their body weight. That can initiate behavior change. I think uh, to touch upon the fact that today mass media plays such an important role in the minds of adolescents by, you know, constantly showing what the age-old concepts of beauty and, you know, um, being attractive are, that needs to change. And that again can be done through mobile technology. When it comes to research, the point you were saying, I think it's so important to also use the mobile technology to gather data. We can gather data when it comes to user locations, profiles of people, their behaviors. Uh, Again, we have a long, long way to go as to how we can gather that data. And then, like you said, how do we harness that data uh, towards interventions for particular communities? That's very important. And I would also add here that video games and interactive technology can be another powerful force. We all know how much time adolescents are spending on their, you know, on their phones. And it would be a fallacy to think that, again, this is, uh, you know, an urban concept. No, it's not. It can. It is as, uh, you know, pervasive in rural areas, too. And again, we could come up with engaging, entertaining formats by, you know, through which we can reach the young. And I and honestly, I feel that if we gather the right data use our mobile technology in an effective way to get that data and then use it to, in turn, talk to them in their different languages, if you know what I mean. I think that could have a huge, huge impact. Yes, this is, uh, this is absolutely um, essential to have, you know, given the context today, to have these creative, innovative strategies which should be upscaled. Without upscaling, I think we can go nowhere, and upscaling is absolutely essential. But in order to upscale, we need to have a strong policy advocacy, you know, uh, at the highest levels and at the middle and ground levels. Because on, without policy advocacy at, and programs that are being implemented, it will not have the impact that we desire. So we need to therefore 
do the research. We need to have interventions that are creative. We need to study those interventions again with, through research. And then through that, we develop policy advocacy uh, measures, which, can take, which we can implement at various levels uh, and, and with various target groups. So it's a complex issue, as you said, it's very complex. It has multifaceted uh, aspects. It requires a multifactorial approach. It needs multiple different approaches, in fact, in order to address this serious problem of, of obesity in children, which is increasing very severely in, uh, in the developing world. Thank right. you. Yes, no, no, Dr. Pachauri, I just absolutely loved what you just said, which is the multi-sectoral approach is, is hugely, hugely important. And I think to have synergistic policies where one in ministry speaks to the other is important. And that from my research has shown that that's largely right now missing. So how do we get them to speak to each other is important. You have to have the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare that is playing such a huge role in reducing undernutrition, anemia, low birth rate. They have to work in tandem with, you know, the Ministry of Drinking Water and Sanitation because that plays a huge role in health outcomes. So I think uh, what you rightly said is that there has to be a multi-sectoral, multi-ministry approach. And only then, when they speak to each other, can you have then a uh, possibly... Uh, what you call impactful intervention. That I think is important. And I think there's a lot of good news here because I will um, like you to know that on the ground, whether it's the government, whether it's industry, and I'm not talking big food industry, I'm talking community mid medium-sized food industry. There is a lot of, lot of interest, a lot of investment that is being done towards healthy packaged food. And if we can just work around the pricing, the portion size, the food labeling, and that all comes together, I think we could be on a good footing and we could solve this problem with a balanced, multidisciplinary approach. So let's hope that we get there soon. Well, this is a happy note to end on, a positive yes. note, an optimistic note, and we need optimism more than anything else. Thank you, Seema. Thank you for Thank your you. valuable inputs. Thank you so much, Dr. Pachori. Thank you very much. Well, after today's conversation, one thing is clear. Childhood obesity is a growing problem globally. The number of school-going children and adolescents with obesity has increased significantly over the past two decades, indicating a pressing issue that demands attention and effective solutions. While efforts were previously focused on combating undernutrition, obesity has largely gone unnoticed, leading to a situation where developing countries, including India, are now facing the double burden of undernutrition and overnutrition. And there are many factors that have contributed to this situation. In fact, urbanization has contributed significantly to childhood obesity in developing countries. The decline of physically strenuous tasks, increased availability of fatty and sugary foods, and a shift towards convenience-based processed foods have led to reduced physical activity and poor dietary choices. 
and this is something we all know but are not doing anything about it and what is alarming is it is increasingly prevalent in lower middle income households and even rural areas now signifying a shift away from obesity being seen as a problem only among the rich so not just westernization but factors like gender differences genetic predispositions behavioral and lifestyle factors are major contributors not just the problem but thank god ms seema shared the examples of comprehensive approach needed as interventions to combat this pressing issue and it is very important to learn from some success stories of global experiences that what could be the best approach going forward and she was absolutely clear that only a holistic healthcare plan to suit the local context can solve this issue so now you know this problem has shifted from just being a potential threat to a genuine worry for public health in less than 2 decades in upcoming episodes of public health encoded with dr saroj prachauri brought to you by center for human progress in partnership with the pop movement we are going to unlayer several other topics so keep in touch for more engaging conversations and stay tuned